Hello, our podcast is about staying connected with the people of our communities, their families, businesses, special events, and personal life issues. This is Bethany and Dr. Sarah with Staying Connected in the Wiregrass, and this is episode 14. Hi, Dr. Sarah. How are you today? Hello there. I am well. How are you today? I'm good. There's no banging or anything in the studio today, so that's good. (laughs) Well, I can't say the same. I do have a cardinal that uh, has visited me frequently for two weeks now, and so you might hear him uh, talking to me at the window. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make it work like we always do. (laughs) Absolutely. We certainly will. And today we want to talk about you, Dr. Sarah, because we got this idea last our last episode. You're actually seeing this more common nowadays is being a mom in like your late 30s, 40s and even 50s. And that's what you're doing. You have grown kids, too, but you have two little ones. And I want to know kind of the struggles, but also the positives, too, because like my sister her and her husband, they're trying to have a baby and they're in their late 30s and that will be their first one. So I'm sure they'll have like their second and third in their 40s. But tell us a little bit about like what you experience that way other moms going through the same thing can tune in. Yeah, thanks for coming up with this topic. I think it's a really good topic. I don't know a lot of people that are my age that is currently mothering. And as you know, I have uh, started this process through, I guess it was not foster, but legal guardianship. That's how I began to mother at 50. It has been rewarding and challenging. My husband and I just did our marriage enrichment and empowerment session on Monday. We do those every Monday. And we were talking about uh, parenting at our age. The, The challenge, I think, is just getting everything done, trying to keep the balance of work life, mom life, and then have your personal time for yourself and with your spouse. My day generally goes like first thing in the morning, I get them breakfast. Um, After breakfast, I clean up and um, they have their playtime. You know, we do their playtime. Generally, by the time they're on their second meal, which is lunch, that's my first meal. Because while they're doing playtime, you know, I'm trying to get on the computer or get some other chores or something like that done. And then it's back to the same thing again. You do lunch and then you clean up. <laughs> By that time, it's nap. It's nap time for them. And so during nap time, like this is nap time, uh, they usually watch a little television show. Then they'll take their naps and then we get back up. Uh, they have playtime, then there's dinner. So the the biggest challenge, I would say, is just really being able to get my work done. That's the challenge. Have you noticed that it's been a change raising when you raised your kids when they were little versus raising your two little ones now? Oh, my goodness. A, a change in the children's attitude and mine. Cherish, who's the baby, is bossy. <laughs> and uh, Chloe, and they're both one. That, that's interesting because now they're both one at the same time, you know, because Cherish just had her birthday about two weeks ago, and then Chloe is going to turn two in December. So right now they're both one. They, they're fussy with one another. Uh, Chloe doesn't want to share her toy. So I'm looking at how demanding they are, And I didn't see that uh, with my children, but I think it's because I had girl, boy, girl, boy. 
So the girl and the boy, they play, you know, she played with dolls and he played with cars. Whereas with them, they're playing with the same type of toys. So, you know, by the time one sees the other one with one, the other one wants it. And then food-wise, like when I prepared meals for my children, they just pretty much ate um, what I gave them. They didn't have like a specific, whereas with them, oh my goodness, they hate vegetables. Cherish will not, she won't drink out of a sippy cup. She won't drink, if I put juice in the bottle, it has to be juice only or milk. So their appetites and their, there is just, they're like, we want what we want. And so they're making me work around what they want me to give them opposed to what I want them to have. And you know what? I'm losing. I'm, I'm really losing in that. Cause I'm like, okay, fine. Here you go. This is what you like. So sometimes I'm fixing three different meals. I'm fixing a different meal for them, for myself. And sometimes for my husband or two different meals because they don't want to eat certain foods. And of course, Cherish is a baby, so she's getting introduced to um, table food, but that's been somewhat of a challenge, but it's been fun too, though, I will say, because they kind of make me laugh. I'm seeing their personality and they're like, I don't want that and I'm not going to be forced to take it. So on one end, it could be like, okay, you're being rebellious. But on the other end, it's kind of like they're sticking to you know, this is who I am. And so, you know, I find myself admiring it in one way. And then in the other way, I'm like, okay, you need to be obedient and eat what I give you. And these are one year olds. <laughs> so, so that's different compared to when I had children in my 20s. Do you find it more exhausting now? Like my, my mom, she had my brother and sister when she was 22 23 and then she had me when she was 31 so she said it was just Mm. harder because she was in her 30s raising a little kid so do you think it was Mm -hmm. versus when she was 22 23 so do you think it was harder it's harder for you now versus when your other kids were growing up yeah because i go to bed much later and i go to bed later because by the time i put them to bed i'm still getting my work done So like, I'm just getting on the computer. I do my follow-up calls like in between that time and studying because I'm also in school. And then I teach for my Bible college along with my coaching business. It was somewhat, one was planned in a sense and the other one was a little bit more of an urgency. So I wasn't really prepared. And then I thought I could still do certain things because remember this was before COVID. So I just knew for sure I'd have a nanny. They would be in home with me. So I could do, you know, certain things and have enough energy to do that. But no. So by the time um, I let them be my alarm clock, I don't get up until they get up, which is generally around 830. That's and pretty I good. let them play for a few minutes. Yeah. And then when they get up, then I go ahead. I know it's time for me to get up at that point. But now I have tried to eat differently because I know that that plays a major role in your uh, energy and getting workouts in so that I can create energy for myself. And you know what? I, I, I pat myself on the back. My husband works. He's helping me a lot when he can. But I think I'm doing really good, especially considering the season that we're in with the virus. But I will say I believe that I'm doing um, really good despite all that's going on. Do you think the virus has been kind of a blessing for you? Because you've been, I know you've been working at, from home 
So that gives you kind of more time with the girls and preparing meals and stuff. Yes. And sometimes I feel bad, you know, about saying that because I know so many people are suffering and going through, but I am so thankful um, for this opportunity because I was trying to figure out how to balance it. Going into the office, some days I would take them with me. I'd have to drop them off at my daughter's. And I was actually interviewing a nanny right before we went into quarantine. And so at the time, I didn't really know how serious uh, COVID was or, you know, how long it was going to be. And so I really was starting to feel concerned because I stayed home with my uh, four children for the most part. I worked with my husband and I taught. I was an adjunct professor for Central Michigan for a little while, but I wasn't full time. So I was still able to be at home with my children and be present in their lives. And so I didn't want to not give the girls that, but I knew that I also had just started, opened up my coaching business from home because I was doing it at home at first. And then, but when this came up, I knew that I had to make a decision. And so I decided to close up the business, especially because I couldn't see anybody anyway, and just work from home. So it has allowed me the opportunity to be with them, to spend time with them. I would say to just balance and to develop a system. I live by a system. I live a pretty good organized life, but it has cut out a lot of personal stuff. Like I don't have a lot of personal phone calls and I'm not going out and stuff like that a lot because my time really is scheduled. To some extent, I do appreciate that. I just think that one of the, if you would say downfall, it's not a a negative maybe, is you don't get invited to a whole lot of stuff when you have your hands full like this because a lot of ladies, again, can't necessarily relate to my lifestyle right now. So I think that that's the difference because they're having things that you don't bring children to because I'm really funny about or particular about, you know, who keeps them. And because of my responsibility to them, I wouldn't just let anybody keep them. So if my daughter is not available or my husband, you know, I just don't go. It's just the way my life is. And I can't I can't say that um, it hasn't been rewarding because it really has. If there's ever a time where you just feel overwhelmed and stress, how do you overcome that? Well, that's a really good question. I'm trying to think of a time recently, maybe a couple of weeks back, just trying to get everything done. We're used to going out to dinner with friends or with family, just not being able to go out. I think that's been the most difficult part, going into the grocery store. The things that I would just so readily do, I find that I, I don't want to use the word can't, but I'm using wisdom and precaution because I don't want to go out and I get sick and then I bring sickness to my husband or my daughters. And in his case, he's the one who's going out all the time. So I get a little concerned about that because I wouldn't want him to get sick, you know, but he's like, You know, you're the one who's taking care of the girls for the most part, so I don't want you to get sick. So that sometimes could be very frustrating, just the fact that we can't live normal like we at one point was. And I know that people are doing things and they consider it safe, even with the social distancing, but I haven't gotten comfortable with that yet. So the girls have not gone into a store or anything like that since 
March. We have not gone into a store together or anything like that. So that part right there is frustrating. So what I do, I try to just think about all of the things that I'm grateful for. And then I create something. So I do some type of craft project. Um, I watch a movie. I just do something to take it off my mind after I pray, number one. I pray about it because I know I'm doing the right thing. Some people say that I'm maybe overprotective, that maybe I'm going too far with not taking them into the stores or anything. But I just don't know how I would feel. I can only imagine how I would feel if one of them got sick because I wanted to go out and I just said, hey, I'm going out anyway. Forget all of this. So I just make the decision to uh, to stay in. What's also instrumental in helping me overcome that moment is being able to talk with my husband and um, even with my oldest daughter. She's very good at just listening. She'll always say, well, mom, you need to bring them over for a couple of hours or something like that. Bring them and to give me that personal time. So family support is a big help. So I know like you and a lot of parents right now during the pandemic, I know 2020 is obviously different than any other years. You don't really get much of a break with your kids because before I know your kids are little, so it's not like they can go to school, but a lot of parents who are listening they used to be able to bring their kids to school. They go to work and then they get to see their kids mm-hmm. after. So during the day, they would have that break. But it's like like you and many other parents, you don't get that break at all. Like you were saying, you don't get to go out and have a nanny or a babysitter because it's hard trusting those type of people if they've been social distancing and everything. Yeah, no, you don't. You really don't get a break. Um like I say, they're they're taking um, a nap now, and I'm already, after they get done with nap, I'll have to start dinner. I have a class at um, from 6 to 8 that I teach. So what I'm going to do is, uh, because my husband also has a class that he has to teach at 7. So what we do is we go to our daughters um, to have dinner so that she could keep an eye on the girls, So at six, um, I have at, without going into details, I go into um, my office. I have an office near her home. I go into my office. Then he goes to his office, which are in two separate places, so that we can teach without having the background noise. And then we pick them back up and we come home. So we we get home on Wednesdays probably about uh, 8.30, 9 o'clock. So, but these are things that we just have to plan and implement. And I think that's what I probably didn't give full thought to, how much planning ahead of time I was going to have to have because I did not take into consideration how long COVID was going to last because I didn't know it was, none of us knew, of course, that it was going to last this long. I had to make a decision of what I was going to do. So I turned most of my coaching into conference calls and my classes. So that has been a blessing. And then I scheduled them out. I'm not able to do what I was doing in the same way, but I'm thankful that I'm still able to do it. So instead of every day going into the office, I still have phone consultations. Um, on Mondays, I do a session for marriage for marriages. But I don't do anything Monday evening. So Monday morning, um, Tuesday evening, Wednesday evening, 
Thursday afternoon, and then Fridays I'm free. So I just pretty much had to organize myself. And, and Saturday mornings I teach a class, and then Saturday evenings I'm free. So I spaced it out to where I have mornings, evenings, and an afternoon, one afternoon out that week. Because I'm doing it, doing it for the conference line, of course, as you know, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear, <laughs> except for when I'm doing the videos for um, our marriage, we do Zoom. So, you know, you get a little dressed up for that. But it has saved me a lot of time. I'm like one of those moms where I want them to know that I love them. So I want to be affectionate toward them. I don't want to always say, okay, here's your playtime, you know, and I'm going to the work. So I had to take all of that into consideration um, and schedule my days out. And that really has helped cut down on the frustration because I know every day, you know, pretty much, I know every day what I, what I have to do. I just do it. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. You just, you know what you have to do. It's not going to change. So you just do what you have to do. And every day, that's the attitude that I have. I just do what I have to do. And um, I am grateful, though, and I'm thankful because I was reading this article that I was going to share with you. And it talked about, uh, it's a lady who was considering, it's called One Way or a Mother. And it's mothering after 40 and how, because again, there are few mothers, you know, few women that want to mother at this age, as you know, I'm a grandmother too. So at this age, it's like, it has got to be a deep heart's desire for you to actually become pregnant or even for you to consider adoption because a lot of grandmothers are mothering their grandchildren mm -hmm. at this age because of all sorts of life issues. My mom is 74 and she takes care of one of my nephews who's 16 in high school, 15 in high school. So I think it's a, it's a luxury, but I found this article and it really helped me to put things into its perspective. And I think I'm going to rely to this when I get um, frustrated, maybe. It says this. She says, it was such a relief to read about other mothers who gave birth or adopted in their 40s and 50s. And she had got this book that was written by a rabbi, and it was called In Praise of Older Mothers. And basically what he was saying is that when Women become mothers at an older age, according to uh, their Jewish custom or biblical, from a biblical standpoint, it's, it's seen as a compliment. And the reason that it's seen as, as, as a compliment is because they do it with great intentionality. They also say that these children are, uh, because they're eagerly desired, they are loved, the parent, the mother is more, uh, more loving, she's more nurturing to them, their finances are more stable, you know, than what they were sometimes when you're 20s and 30s, I know it was for me. And so it turns out that it's more rewarding for her and for the children when they have them at later ages. And that really was, that was inspiring to me because I do feel that way. I do feel that they are a gift to me and that I'm a gift to them. A lot of people say, wow, for you to do this and you're in your 50s and all of your children are grown, you could be doing whatever you want to do. And I tell them this, I said, they say, oh, you're such a blessing to them. And I say, 
but they're just as much a blessing to me because they give me purpose. Not that other things were not, but to give life, not birth, but life, and to help children in their time of need, I don't know what is more rewarding. Now, obviously, when parents have their first kid, they're a lot more cautious and they're learning as they kind of go along because there's no really an actual guidebook. I mean, yeah, there's books and everything, but every kid is different. So now that you have these two little Mm -hmm. girls that you're raising and you're a little older than when you had your first kid, do you think it's easier? Do you ever relate back to when you raised your first or second kid? Be like, okay, this is what they liked. Let me try it with them. Yeah, I do. But they're completely different than my first children. I'm laughing because uh, my daughter had this picture on Facebook. <laughs> it, it was a picture that was, I don't know what they call those, uh, where it's already a picture and then it has some wordings on it. And so it was a picture of a living room and it had like toys and all of that stuff in the living room. And so it said, my, uh, my mother's house, when I was a child, and it was this clean, neat space. It looked so nice and pretty. And then my mother at a, as a grandmother. And that's where it had all the toys and everything in the living room. And I just laughed, and she shared it with me. And I laughed, and I said, because the reason she sent that is my study. My children know that even though, you know, when I had them, I didn't have like a play area in the house. They played in their room. But they were off limits to other areas of the house because... I I do like to keep things very neat and in place. I don't like that scatteredness. And so right now, my study is my husband got this big gated, you know, little gate thing to fence them in. And they have all kind of toys. I'm telling you, it's so much stuff in there. He loves buying toys and stuff for them. And I have to tell him, please don't buy another bottle, another sippy cup, another toy. Like every time he goes into the store, he's buying these girls all this stuff. And my my children laughed when they came over because they're like, oh, my God, you wouldn't have never done this when we were little. But my uh, grandchildren, you know, they play in there and. So, yes, you are different when you get older, but it's the personalities. Like, I could tell my children, go in your room, sit still or whatever, um, and they would do that. But I think it was because they had each other to play with, too. Whereas, although Chloe and Cherish are one, they're still, Cherish is a preemie, so she's still developing. She wasn't to be born until December, so technically she wouldn't even be born right now. So she's still a preemie baby. So she's in that stage where she's crawling, but not ready to walk. Um, She's drinking her bottle, not ready for a sippy cup. Whereas Chloe is getting ready to turn two, and she's like, no, no, stop, stop. She's already talking. She's boss lady. You know, she's the mama. And so I can't just leave them alone to play because they're same age but different personalities and different areas of development so I have to kind of watch them more but yeah that my children tell me that all the time you would have never let us get away with the stuff you let the grandchildren and and the girls get away with yeah and now there's so much technology too like that wasn't around when I was growing up in like the early 90s because now you can just plop a kid in front of like an iPad or your computer and have TV or something entertain them. I mean, obviously we had TV, but 
there's so many different things that they can see now. Oh, yes, because they love Blue's Clues. Like Mm -hmm. I could put on Blue's Clues and they'll sit down and watch that. And then I was um, just last week, I take Chloe out, of course, you know, because she can walk and stuff. She loves outdoors. So I'm teaching her how to water the plants. And I had my phone with me. I always say, because we live in like a rural area. And if I see something, I'm going to call my husband if I'm scared. So I take a phone with me. And um, I'm around and I'm watering the plants. Well, I tell her, hold my phone because these plants she couldn't get to. So I said, hold my phone. Do you know she was recording me? She had eight minutes of recording, Bethany. And I didn't, I had no idea that she was recording me. So I go to my phone and I'm looking through the phone and I'm like, where did this video come from? She looks at herself and laughs, turn the phone back around and start recording me. They're now smart. She sees me doing that. Yeah, they are. I'm like, how did you know, you know, to do that? But she sees me do her. And I tell her, okay, I'm going to record you. And then I let her watch the recording. So she has learned how to do that. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, you can't hold my phone anymore. But there are so many things, like you say, when my children were little, they did have TV, but they played with toys. Mm -hmm. Now they play with toys too, but they are more into, I would say these cartoons are just not cartoons, but these shows are a little bit more interesting than what they had to watch. Like uh, Roadrunner, I guess. I think he was around when I was watching TV, but they didn't talk versus a lot of the stuff that they're watching now, you know, a lot of the learning because Cherish is even learning her ABCs as well as Chloe. Um, But that's due to repetitive learning, you know, so I let them watch a lot of learning stuff. In like five years, raising kids are going to be even more different just by each decade too. Because like when I was a little kid, That was when everyone was going outside and running around. But now things have changed. Mm -hmm. More video games. It's not as safe just to run around. Like my mom, she said they would like her parents would let her out in the morning, come back for lunch, then go back outside until like evening time. Mm -hmm. Because that was a normal thing to do. Mm -hmm. But now it's not as safe these days. Right. That's true. And I think I had such a good childhood because of that. And you're, you're correct in that these children have. Now, my daughter, she does uh, send her sons outside to play. I will also say this, though. The communities are different, you know, because of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was growing up, you lived in a neighborhood where there were a lot of children. Yeah. So we had friends we played together. Versus like where my, um, my children live, there are a few children, you know, that are their age, but I know this that everybody's kind of to themselves. They're not as neighborly. It's Southern hospitality, but it's not neighborly hospitality. So you might see them outdoors, but they, they're not coming over, you know, to your yard or, or sending your child to another yard. So they are a little different. Um, and then there are not as many that I can see children in the neighborhood because they go to parks. They just take their children to the park. I know when I go to the park from time to walk, I see a lot of children with their parents at the park. So I'm thinking that that's what they do opposed to having them at home outdoors where that's how we used to play. I hardly ever see kids. Mm -hmm. Well, this was before the pandemic. Now it's hard. But even before the pandemic, I hardly ever saw kids on playgrounds Mm -hmm. anymore. I feel like it's not as normal as it used to be like when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, maybe it's the heat. 
Yeah. You know, it could be that True. too. So maybe they're doing a lot of indoor stuff and then also sports. Cause there are a lot of after school. When I was a child growing up, we didn't have all that uh, after school activities and stuff. You go home after school and do your homework and change your clothes and go outside and play. Um, but they do have a lot of after school activity and that could be one of the reasons yeah. too. In addition to that, in terms of my grandchildren, they are uh, homeschool, but they go, she makes sure that they go outside and get outdoor time. I didn't have any more questions unless there's anything else you want me to ask you. Nope. I think that's good. The only thing I think I will add is this personal time with my husband and I, and we just watch TV at night until we fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's also that's good our, too. That's our cool time. Cause you want to make sure mm-hmm. you have time for your significant other as well as raising kids yeah. too. Yeah. That's really big right there. So that's really what we what we do. That's how we spend our time. And we both enjoy it. You know, it's still us. It's not like, oh, this is all we do. No, we take advantage. I'm telling you, when we put them to bed, we are dancing <laughs> like, yes. Oh, my goodness. Bring out the ice cream, the cookies. <laughs> There's commercials. <laughs> you know, we on our favorite show. Yeah, that's we even our sparkling cider or something. Oh, yeah. We get the glasses out. <laughs> get the cider out and we have us a good time. It's so much, it's funny though, because we'd be tippy toeing. This is the, you know, it's our life. And so this is how we enjoy it. That's cute. I love it. I hope me and my boyfriend are like that when we have kids. (laughs) Cause they all, my friends who have kids and they say, always make sure you still plan time for your significant other make sure you have a date night Mm -hmm. and you don't have to change your whole life just because now you have a baby. Absolutely. That is so true. I think it enhances. I don't think it takes away. I think it adds to. Well, thank you, Dr. Sarah, for sharing all this. I appreciate it. Thank you for wanting to even talk about the topic. I think it's one worth talking about. This is Bethany and Dr. Sarah with Staying Connected in the Wiregrass. And this is episode 14. Hi, Dr. Sarah. How are you today? Yeah, of course. Anytime. Thank you for listening to episode 14 of Staying Connected in the Wiregrass. Brought to you by the radio in the studio today so that's good (laughs) well i can't say the same i do have a cardinal that uh has visited me frequently for two weeks now